Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are going through Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs one minute at a time. I'm Kestra Dorowski. And I'm Andrew Dorowski. And we are again joined by Joseph Dorowski. Welcome back. Thank you for having me again. Glad I could make it for another day of recording. <laughs> we don't. You don't pretend. No. <laughs> so minute movie by minute podcast pretend they bring people back every day. Yeah. Um, we, we have not stuck with that gag in particular. No. Just... We record the whole week. In, in one, one sitting. sitting. One sitting. <laughs> Sorry to break the illusion for But I can still podcast. say, happy Tuesday. Yes, you can still say that. Yes. We have could... said happy Friday. Yeah, we, we wish the appropriate days yeah. on, on our recordings. Well, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everyone. <laughs> uh, today, we are covering Minute 37, which begins with Snow White saying, Oh, you're little men! <laughs> and it ends with uh, Sneezy sneezing. I was I had no idea where that sentence was going to end when you said it, and it ends with sneezy. Like, what else could he be doing? Yeah, just imagining a few options there. It ends with sneezy discoursing on Kierkegaard. <laughs> uh, what? Who wants to start with anything? With anything in particular? Okay, so just right off the bat, she she wants to guess each dwarf's name, right? And, yes. and she, she goes straight to Doc, right? Because. Like, because Doc's going his first. Because he's wearing glasses. <laughs> that's how she knew. That's, <laughs> that's how, she, how knew. she figured it out. Yeah, that's that's how she knew Doc. Yeah, um, I I've mentioned before, but Doc reminds me a lot of Beast Hank McCoy from the X Men comics. Mm-hmm. Just being the, um, like, even just ostensibly the intellectual. Yeah. Okay. Well, I. Hmm. Which is hard to say about him because yes. he has a really bad stutter, okay, which th- shows. But he's also one of the only ones who's trying to speak consistently. Right, but he also has more malapropisms than Mrs. Malaprop had. Yes. (laughs) Like, he cannot get three words out without mistaking or combining them. last week. Mm -hmm. Um, This week, not so much. Yes, and that led to a question I had for next minute, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it now. How is Doc the spokesperson for this group? Because he is not competent at speaking. I was going to mention this next minute. Yeah, that's a a little bit of... I'm going to say irony, but I'm not sure if that's the yeah. right word. Does, yeah. does it seem like irony? Uh, no, I, I'm sure it's just for comedy is, is okay. why. Yeah. They're, you know, not, not necessarily ironic comedy, but just, you know, he's doing verbal humor. And uh, whereas we get lots of visual humor from characters like obviously dopey, uh, his humor is coming not from word play, but from word mistakes. Yes. But as the speed, you know, again, he's like treated as the spokesperson, like, uh, it's next man. I think Grumpy turns to him and says, you say this to her. And then Doc can't even get it out correctly. It's kind of like the reverse of famously, if you've read the old Testament, Moses supposedly had a stutter, like some, some verses in play had a stutter. And so he had Aaron Aaron as a spokesperson because he's like, I can't speak to a whole crowd. I'm not, I'm not, you know, very fluent or or fluid in my speech, I guess I should say. And yet we we have Doc who, uh, who can't get a sentence out. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, we could go more into that next minute when he does okay. say this. Perhaps yeah. it's also, he doesn't have a defining characteristic like the others, so he's able to convey each of their characteristics as he um, speaks for the group. Right. So I- so through him, they're able to balance all of their moods. Speaking of his characteristics, a doctor of what? We suspect geology. Okay. So this has been covered. It's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that he's, he's a geologist and okay. is aware of 
mining techniques and stuff. I like it. I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, one other note before we get into my big questions about this. Uh, as they're going through each of the dwarfs, we see Sleepy open his mouth very wide as he yawns, mm-hmm. and he only has one tooth. At uh, this moment, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a cartoon. Okay. <laughs> Does, is he just too tired for proper dental care? Like, he never makes it to brush his teeth? Because uh, none of the other dwarfs seem to be having issues. But they, they, they also, as we see um, really next next week, but they, they, they are not... Very cleanly. Yes, hygiene. As we've seen in previous weeks <laughs> yes. when she had to clean the entire house, they've never used the, this even... broom. And what is a toothbrush but a mouth broom? <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> right. Um, so that's what their hygiene in general isn't. And he's he's just been unlucky and lost most of his teeth. He also looks pretty old. That's true. He, uh, and, uh, well, what gives that more of a makes him look older is the bags under his eyes which yeah. like droop all Getting the way down to his chin it helps you look youthful um, also maybe the donkey kicked his teeth out <laughs> or was... the deer the deer but no it's not a donkey oh, that, was, that, that, was that pulls the, the cart mm. um, there's a deer that they have pulling the, the mine cart uh, and, and he kicked... smacked it in the butt and so it kicked back at him <laughs> But he was really, wasn't he really trying to just... Was that Sleepy? He was, to get a, he was trying to get a fly. Was he it Sleepy doing that, though? Yeah. I like this theory. That's where the two... The, the two <laughs> He's out, been a yeah. little careless. That's at canon. A, at a few times. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, hence. Right. My my guess about him being too tired for dental hygiene was speculation, but that is proven in the film. What you uh, just, but, I mean, he didn't get kicked in the face, but it, I think there's it kicked there. back yeah. at him. It, maybe it has kicked him in the face before. Yeah, I, I mean, if he's always going for that fly coming out of the... The tunnel. Yeah. It's a fly always there. Maybe. <laughs> um, before we get into your big question mm-hmm. and uh, go on with this minute, I want... What, so she says, how do you do? And then Grumpy says, how do you, you do, do what? what? But how? he's... But he's been in society. Supposedly, he is the most experienced. So I'm like, how removed from civilization are they? It seems very... Right. The, yeah. The, the very little contact. Uh, but that is so, like... So a, he may have had some experience with society, but not polite society? Or is this just Grumpy being deliberately obtuse just to mm. demonstrate his grumpiness, his surliness? Maybe. Maybe. That's possible as well. I don't feel like any of the other dwarfs knew better right. what the response to that phrase was, though. Yeah, it was a foreign phrase to them. Yeah. So I, I think Grumpy, while perhaps having had some experience... Has had only impolite experience. Right. And, uh, I mean, we, we know their form of greeting is hi-ho, so if she'd said that, they would have known how to respond. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, is that really... What is the response to hi-ho? <laughs> it's to yell back, hi-ho! <laughs> that's... Oh, okay. That's okay. Isn't that how they get going with the... <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's not the beginning of the song, it's the well, end of the song. Well, or is it well, two no, songs? he... Well, because it's technically... I've watched this movie once recently. That's the extent of my <laughs> it's knowledge. It's complex. Technically, that whole song is, yes, called Hi-Ho, but there's, like, a whole section that is nothing to do with Hi-Ho. We so, like, dig, 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 dig. Yeah. So that's an inserted song? Um, it, so it, it, so the song talking... Hi-Ho begins with the sound of, like, tinkling... Uh, uh, pickaxes in the mine and they sing about digging the gems mm-hmm. 
and they and don't know then, what they dig for her. Yeah, and, and we don't know. Quick. Yeah, we, it's 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 no trick to get rich quick with you when you dig with a shovel or a pick. Um, in that mine, at least, <laughs> because yeah. they are falling out. <laughs> the, yeah. the jewels are falling out. Where a million diamonds, diamonds shine. Shine. Um, and then the the work bell strikes five, and it's time to go home, which is when they start singing. Wait, so th- this is union work. Well, they dig, 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 dig in their mind the whole day through. Which presumably is a nine to five whole day. Right. But I mean, if there's like a strict work bell at five, that's usually union. Um, I mean, their own um, union. Uh, but when it, when it strikes five, is it Doc that starts it off? I think Doc sings them... into the mine, hi ho, and they sing back. Cause hi-ho. I think Doc is right next to the clock and then the others are deeper in the mine. Yeah, so he, he works he, out front. Yeah, and so then the he says, he sees the clock and hears it but the he, time. But he still carries a bag of gems to the vault door, so okay. he's, he's not shirking work. Right. He's feeding vault. Yeah, he's he's feeding the vault. <laughs> All right. And then he says hi ho, and then the others reply, and then they start. And then the yeah, song. and they they stop digging and they head out. I love tangents; they're just delightful. Um, so I don't know that it's a greeting so much as a shanty element. I just assumed it was part of dwarf culture, and it's kind of like our hello, hello, hi ho, hi ho. I mean, if you want to go with, <laughs> with the D and D concept, then it would be hail and well met. <laughs> yes. Uh, so as as Snow White is going around and she's trying to guess these dwarfs' names, she nails each one. She never misfires. Oh yeah, she's good. Yeah, which uh, leads to my question um, because there are some stereotypes about these dwarfs that help her in their physical appearance that help her in uh, determining which name to guess. And she knows the names because they're all over the house, right? Yeah, uh, she's seen them on the the, the bedboard bed headboards. Yeah. yeah. So so you can presume that a sleepy person. A person who looks sleepy is sleepy. Would be the one named sleepy. Okay, so this I have formed a question tree. But then wait. But what? What if? if, What if? What if sleepy is called sleepy because they sleep so much, therefore they look well rested. Hmm. We're gonna get towards that in my question tree. So I've built a massive question tree about what about dwarf naming customs. Okay. Uh, Trying to understand how these adult dwarfs have physical uh, appearances and characteristics that align perfectly with their name. So my first question, and we're going to get, you guys choose yes or no, and we'll go down that branch of my question trees. Okay. Uh, are dwarfs named at birth? See, if we were to go know. with our theory we that they are the cursed. That they are cursed men. Oh. Into Okay. It is, but if I didn't know that backstory that you guys have invented as your headcanon, so we're just going with what we have on the film, and you're trying okay. to make right. sense of this. This also so... doesn't deal with any of the once upon a time, quote unquote, canon, uh, where their pickaxes uh, represent their names. And do they come out of eggs in that show? Was this I the don't ABC know. That was, drama? Yeah, that was, that the was ABC series. One once of upon the a very time. early seasons, and it's been a while since like I've seen that early season. season. I don't know. I think they may have I, I, I have follow-ups on either way, but if we're going to get... Let's just go with this. Are dwarves okay. named at birth or hatching, uh, depending on versions? Do you think yes or no? I'm inclined to say no. We yeah. have no evidence of dwarf okay. parents. We're going to go back and explore the yes, but let's go down the no branch. Okay. Uh, so does that mean that they wait until their personalities are manifested to be named? Are we still in, are we basing this off of like parental naming or uh, this is just some of the naming? some of the questions that I have um, <laughs> because it's possible that um, you know it, it takes a 
It takes a village to raise a dwarf. Okay, so we're going to... But still, do you think they're they're not named until their personality traits are being demonstrated clearly? Uh, At least to the point of self-identification? Okay, so like you're trying to say this dwarf is always happy. I'm going to name him happy. Yes. Okay. And and they can identify themselves as being the one that is called happy. So then my, my yes branch for that is, do they only have one personality trait? No. Okay. Uh, there's there's some nuances. We know that um, grumpy also has anger. Okay. Um, so it's not simple grumpiness. And later, there's a little bit of smiling, a, 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 of smiling, and I want to yeah. say bashfulness mm-hmm. in him later. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and and sneezy shows some embarrassment at, or bashfulness from his. Sneezing. Okay. So we're this can be my last trunk of this branch down. So do they only have one personality trait? You say no. So why does one trait become so incredibly dominant in dwarf culture? Um, I am going to suggest that it is, like unto genre theory, a preponderance of that trait um, in a way that is more distinctive from a similar trait in anyone else. Sneezy isn't the only dwarf dwarf that sneezes, but... He sneezes often and robustly and is lacking in other characteristics that would supersede So he's most dominantly sneezy. Yes, which is why, um, like, like the comparison is why Batman is considered a superhero. It is the preponderance of superhero tropes. So even though he's missing, um, even though he's missing superpowers, he has a secret origin, a secret identity, and mm-hmm. and a costume, costume and a mission. icon, and, and a mission, and all those things, which are superhero things and not detective things okay. or mystery things. All right. So that's what I would say is they have so much of a given characteristic that it is definitive to them as opposed to anyone else. All right, so we've just explored one branch, so one sequence of my question tree. Let's bounce back up. Okay. Do they only have one personality trait? If you had said yes, my question was going to be why. <laughs> why in the world do they only have one personality trait? But you guys said there's a little more there. But if if that were the case, I'd say the curse. The curse. Okay. that's It's kind of like for Star Wars. That'd be my answer. Why the force for you guys now? Any question about, you know, why, why are things this way? The curse. Mm-hmm. Right. The evil queen's black magic. All right, so let's just bounce back up. And, and just so you know, we have um, established, for the sake of this film and this podcast, we are dealing with um, mythological and fantasy dwarfs, not human dwarfism. Right. Okay, so we're back up. Let's bounce back all the way up to do they have to wait until their personalities are manifested to name them? Uh, if you said no, I was going to say, well, do they just go through life until n- names are never actually formally given and they just wait to see what locker room style nicknames are given to, to each person? Which is vaguely <laughs> what I kind of pictured. Yeah. Um, but with a little more tenderness and care than the right, locker room. Right, because if you had said yes, my question would be, is this not a recipe for cruelty? <laughs> Two. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and then if you had said no to that one, uh, is it just that by chance names and personalities match? Uh, which then leads to the question, well, has the chance ever been wrong? And there's just been like an ironic, you know, massive misfire in naming that seems like irony. Right. <laughs> so like if uh, Sleepy had been named Bright Eyes, 
and then later, as, as life went on, they're like, oh, we were really wrong on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then if you had said no to that, I was just going to say, how in the world does this all happen then? Because I don't understand how the names and personalities match. All right, so that was the no so, side. But we did follow a, a clear path to one of your destinations. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Um, were you satisfied with that? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with all this, but let's and, explore. And wait, wait, that was a no, yes, no, yes? Uh, yeah, you went no, yes, no, actually, is what you okay. did. Yeah. No, yes, no. All right, but now let's go back to the Ardwarfs named at birth. If you guys had said yes, my questions would then be, do their names then determine their personality? So this baby is born, and a mother or father or however the dwarf village comes together and names, do they say, this one will be named Sleepy, and now that is this child's personality trait? Kind of like... Um... Well, like in uh, Sleeping Beauty, when, they, I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. when they, the fairies they, come and say, and, and "You will have here is your your thing," yeah, um, and and kind so of like what, that. they they what do they give her a singing voice and beauty, mm-hmm. something like that, and then and, and then, then not dying. Maleficent comes and <laughs> does all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. <laughs> all right, so let's just do real quick. Let's do this tree uh, or this branch. Do their names determine their personalities? What do you think? Yes or no? I so rather than waiting for personalities yeah, and labeling, I, I, I'm going to go with no. All right. So if it's no, so they're named at birth, but the names are not defining their personality. Are the parents clairvoyant and can they see the future? Maybe they have access to a magic mirror. Ooh. Okay. I like that idea. So let's just go with you're saying yes. Uh, you haven't discussed Snow White. Yeah, another name that was uh, and and by the the Grimm's version that I have in my copy, um, it was. Kind of a a hopeful blessing okay. uh, to name her Snow White was like hopefully she will have this beauty. This actually leads into my so if we're saying the parents are not clairvoyant and you guys say no, I was my question is so does the village have some soothsayer who names the kids? Then there is someone who can <laughs> foresee the future of these individuals and they're responsible for naming. So the village namer that's just kind of a limited future sight by holding the infant, they get a sense of what's coming for this child. Uh, so if you had said yes, I was going to say, well, are the parents only clairvoyant about their kids' personalities, or are they clairvoyant about anything else? And if you said, no, it's only the kids' personalities, I was going to say, what a weird superpower. <laughs> <laughs> and if you said no, uh, that they're, they're clairvoyant about everything, I said, why didn't the dwarfs inherit this awesome power? Because in, mm-hmm. in classic power stories, you know, power gets inherited by the children. Sort of- all right. Uh, final branch, though. Uh, do the names determine the personality? So you guys say yes. What name would a parent choose for their kid? <laughs> uh, like, if if this is your first kid, you might go I to mean, the, like, doc and say, this is going to be a successful figure. But if it's your second kid, you're probably choosing Sleepy. Because <laughs> you're like, I just... <laughs> I really want this kid to sleep I want this kid to sleep through the night yeah, early on. <laughs> if you, if you had I mean, something this, happen, then uh, you'd want your kid to be... Happy. This oh, occurs, happy. This yeah. certainly occurs when... But grumpy? Why I mean, would you name a child grumpy? Kids, exactly. That's where... Yeah. Kids are named things like, okay. like hope or destiny. We're just going like to jump so. to the end of this this question branch, because you just said, who would name a kid grumpy? And my last question on this was, what kind of monster named Dopey, Sneezy, and Grumpy if naming the child was going to determine their personality? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you're just setting the kid up for failure. But, go ahead, but I don't have an answer. Back one question. Like, if you could name your child one thing that would, like, define their personality, what would be the best name for future success for that child? Auspicious. 
auspicious. We are not naming the child no. that. <laughs> We're not going to name one of our kids auspicious. Maybe as a middle name. Extremely wealthy. <laughs> you are extremely wealthy. This is my child. <laughs> extremely wealthy and cares for their parents in their old age. That's the full name. Goodness. Yeah, are, are you allowed to give two traits and, and hyphenate? Or... Anyway, and... yeah, do middle names count? <laughs> Uh, that was my my question about dwarf names, and I still it's just odd to me that <laughs> names are so exactly the sole personality that we get for uh, for each one of these dwarfs. And thank you for humoring me and trying to explore how we ended up in this state. I I appreciate the effort you put into yeah that setup. I'm satisfied with our initial answers. Yes. Um, which were what? <laughs> uh, that the they are not named at birth, but you. Uh, you do wait until you start to see some personalities manifesting in them uh, before you give them a name. So, right. so the name so kind of it, gets it, given it, to a child as they grow. Somebody is indicating in the group of them. It's like bring the happy one over here. That, yes, that happy exactly. One. And then that had the follow-up question of do they only have one personality trait? And you said no, but there's some, there, it's dominant enough that this becomes mm-hmm. the iconic marker for that child, dwarf right. child. Okay. Yeah, and I like that. I, I will accept that reasoning. You can add that to your head cannon. Okay. Okay. Uh, if 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 it weren't for the fact that they were cursed and not born, right? <laughs> In our head canon already, right? Well, I've just demonstrated the way you can have these branching trees, and so your 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 head canon can have a right. If then, um, I have a note about Bashful. He has magic hands <laughs> because he ties his beard in a knot without ever letting go of it. He does. How? <laughs> Like, I'm sitting here trying to, like, pretending I have a giant it. beard, and I'm trying to gesture the knot, and yet... The, at some point, one of his hands is hidden, I think, behind the other There must be one, a release. And, and, then, and then he pulls it back out. But it comes back out holding the other side. It would have yeah, to have passed so, over. But, like, the end of the beard is always visible, so... <laughs> Kestra uh, is now trying to do it with her hair, and... It's not working. <laughs> bashful is magic. Right, and I mean, we—you guys have talked about. I know that they had human models uh, for not so much for the guy the animation. Yeah, I was gonna say like I would love to know what human model sat there with a beard and And (laughs) watch this, watch this trick I know how to do. Harry Harry Houdini. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I don't think for the dwarfs it was not as common or as thorough for the for the uh, action models. They they did have people that they kind of base them a little bit off of, but not yeah. entirely. And, and they had performers come in and do some things. Yes. Um, especially for some of the, the broad comedy. Yes. Um, they had vaudeville performers. But I think the main models for for the uh, characters in the film were for Snow White and probably the Queen. Possibly some for the Huntsman. Possibly some for the Huntsman. And they did have one for the Prince. But that didn't. But- pan out as well. No. By the way, I also found the prince's voice annoying. Just want to put that one out there. Besides Snow White, his singing voice, I found a little grating. I did not that, focus um, on it. Harry? Um, Harry Atwell? Harry... Stockwell? Stockwell? Harry... We don't get to talk about him very much. Yes, he's, he's, he's a, in very little he was of in the and film. Out, and then in and out. <laughs> um, they had trouble animating him so that his, his sections were diminished. Right. Harry it is Stockwell. I knew it. So, so over on the protagonist podcast, we've talked about um, various romances at, at certain mm-hmm. points. I'm going to go ahead and put like Snow White and the Prince up there with uh, Princess Bride as far as relationships that 
are kind of iconically romantic, but when you start to look at them, you're like, wait, what is there? Yeah. <laughs> it's a little fuzzy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I'd say that fits. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't even put it quite at the caliber of Princess Bride, because yeah. in Princess Bride, you get the whole adventure. Mm-hmm. Dealing, a bonding moment. Yeah, yeah. Dealing with the... Um, it, the, like the proving of their mm-hmm. romance, whereas this one was like, ah. We, I, I mean, we sing, we, we sing a couple songs at each other, and <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and he woke me, and that means it's true love. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we can conclude from the uh, text of the spell and, right. and the kiss itself that it must be. It's, um, it's first love's kiss. Oh, is, is it, it first love's? I thought it was true love. True love's, I thought it was. Am I mixing it up? Love's, 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 love's first kiss. kiss. It's oh. just love's first kiss. Love's I don't think it's true love. Oh, okay. So I'm, it's not a strong. Let me pull out my my Grimm's version, and <laughs> because we'll get out her book. This is not in in the minutes we're talking about this week, but the queen does verify this pretty explicitly when she's preparing the apple. She reads the fine print of the spell. Yes, she checks for it. <laughs> and so if, if Snow White and the prince had kissed beforehand, it would also have invalidated um, oh, right, right. to wake her. Uh, so we determined that the bird kiss doesn't count. Right. And she kisses all the dwarfs on their heads, right? Is it all of them or just some of them? Uh, I think she gives each of them a, a kiss on the head. But they there don't kiss is her. one that's missing. So that would be... Uh, Gray I don't remember which one it is, but... Though, because they haven't kissed her, it would be great if one of them gave that a shot. We are back from a research break <laughs> uh, to to look up some details about the the love's kiss, love's first kiss, true love's first kiss. Which, which has nothing to do with this minute. It's just one of the delightful tangents you get. Yes, uh, yes. We, we needed to find <laughs> out. What did you find for the actual text of the, the queen slash witch's spellbook? So she turns the page to the poison apple antidote... Which is the victim of, which says, the victim of the sleeping death can be revived only by love's first kiss. Okay, so a love, but the first kiss. Right. Um, so if she had kissed the prince, that's invalid. She would have to find another love. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the Grimm's version that I have, um, the apple was the third attempt on her life by the queen. Fourth total, counting the huntsman. Wait, okay. Um, there was a... Corset tied too tight, there was a comb in the hair, and then there was the apple. Then a poison apple. Now, isn't it within the nature of corsets to be tied too tight? But it was so tight that she couldn't breathe. breathe, And it wasn't her putting it on. I think, like, the queen was disguised. Yeah, the the queen disguised as a hag um, sold her this corset and said, let me lace it up for you. And she pulled it too tight. There's something about the queen's... Quest to be the most beautiful, but she keeps you turning turn herself into the hack to, to try to do this. Mentioned okay, all right, I will. When Todd's here, yeah, yeah. I think he gets those minutes. All right. If not, this is a deep discussion. All right. Um, so in in the Grimm's version that I have, um, she ate the poison apple, and um, the dwarves put her in the coffin and everything, and the prince shows up, uh, and he says. No, wait, is she in a coffin in this version? So they uh, did... A glass a glass and, so the, and gold coffin. They don't literally think she's dead. They do think she's dead. They think she's literally dead and man's coming to kiss a corpse. No. Okay. I'm getting there. Um, Stay on track. Okay, so the dwarfs can't can't wake her up. They're trying everything. They can't wake her up. So it's like, okay, I guess she's really dead. They say, quote, we cannot hide her away in the black ground. 
And they had made a coffin of clear glass so as to be looked into from all sides. And they laid her in it and wrote in golden letters upon it her name and that she was the king's daughter. And they set the coffin upon the mountain and one of them always remained by it to watch. So she is dead, but on display. Uh, watch that deco- for, decomposition. For, for no particular reason. <laughs> now, in this version, the dwarfs don't have names, right? No. Okay. Uh, and then she's in the coffin, and she doesn't seem to decompose. She's not changing, so that's nice. Uh, one day, a king's son, rode through so prince, um, came by, and he saw the, the, he saw Snow White in the coffin. He had not interacted with her before. So he saw her. And he read what was written, and, and he said to the dwarves, let me have the coffin, and I will give you whatever you like to ask for it. Um, they said, no. He said, please, I cannot live without looking upon Snow White, um, etc. And uh, he spoke. The, the dwarves had pity on him and gave him the coffin. The king's son called his servants and bid them carry it away on their shoulders. Now it happened that as they were going along, they stumbled over a bush... And with the shaking, the bit of poison apple flew out of her throat. So there's just a bit of the poison apple lodged in her throat. And it fell out. Uh, and not long after, she opened her eyes. Huh. And they opened the coffin, and she sat up alive and well. So no kiss necessary, no true love. They just... A little Heimlich. They just, all that was they needed. just stumbled a smidge. <laughs> it's a good thing that there's no names... Of those dwarfs, because if there was one unnamed Doc, I would want to see his credentials. <laughs> if they had buried a woman who was alive and just needed a Heimlich maneuver, but was still getting enough air that she was still. <laughs> yes. So, um, in the original Grimm's version, at least the Grimm's version that I have, right. um, no kiss. It was just uh, that the apple was lodged in her throat, and then it came out, and then she was fine. No this, more poison. This is ringing a bell for me now, but I, I would not have been able to recite that at all. But hearing it from you, I'm like, oh, I, that, I that remembered has the ring that, of familiarity for me. I, I remembered that the um, apple was lodged in her throat, and then it fell out. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if it was because the prince did anything in particular. It's like, no, he was just taking her. Because <laughs> he really liked looking at the dead woman. <laughs> Yeah, dead girl. <laughs> oh, right. She's because in, in that version, in the she's only version, seven. seven. And in Disney version, she's fourteen. Different times, different times all around. Yes, I mean she could have aged to fourteen well, uh, in the coffin. I mean, really, in so you're like saying the it I- been seven years. I don't know. But the, I'm I, just throwing like, things. Out. Historically, the idea of adolescence is an invention of the 20th century. Yeah. Um. So it's not. As creepy as it seems, yeah. the seven is still really young for. Mm-hmm. If, I mean, if it's if there's any romantic interest in, well, I mean, it's a dead body. I don't know. <laughs> it's creepy all around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, but, no. but I mean, aging her up to fourteen makes makes it, sense, even though it's still a little young. Yeah, it, it cleans things up a little bit. Yeah. Are there any other notes for this, this particular minute? No, this no. Minute, My question has to was, do with the naming of some of the doors. Nope. No, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Nope. Then we'll wrap it up. And Joseph, where can people find more of your stuff? If you go look at protagonistpodcast.com or just do a search for Protagonist Podcast in iTunes, you'll be able to find that there. Or I have a number of books on Amazon. That I was going to say, just do a, do a search of Joseph Dorowski on Amazon. If you're interested in superheroes or I've got some things on uh, some TV shows or film. Yeah, film, film and pop culture in general. Yeah. Uh, and we are here in this podcast feed. So subscribe to it, share it, give us reviews, ratings, like us, make us feel good about ourselves. 
and also you can check out protagonistpodcast.com slash Dane, which is our webpage in the protagonistpodcast.com domain. Uh, and otherwise, come back for more tomorrow. But until then, just whistle while you work. So long. Bye.